0: Guess who's back, back again let's close it up week 13 the ladies the gentlemen the fellas the fellas the fellas what's popping how you doing here to close-up shop your draftkings your your super draft your fan whatever you want to be playing out there we're going to be talking about it right now daily fantasy sports breaking it down for week 13 and what we do here is we go position by position i got my projections my rankings ownership projections a bunch of stuff projections for draftkings and super draft 20 pages of game by game notes a lot of stuff that i'm coming in equipped with ready to go to war this week in week 13 and just continue to smack around the competition out there and hopefully if you're a Patreon, you'll be doing the same or if you're at least a youtube subscriber you'll be having a little bit of that information via this video if you want to unlock the full every single thing that you could possibly get check out patreon you can follow along to this video with the projections the game by game notes down below so we'll be talking about some players at every single position that i like and we're going to be factoring in every single goddamn motherfucking piece of information that we can to actually beat our competition yes we're trying to turn over every stone to find every single edge in the projections in the ownership finding the leverage that will be the that one dude video tomorrow mainly finding leverage at each position. But we'll also talk about it pretty in depth in this one as well. And you're going to see some little cards pop up on the screen throughout. Players names with information about their matchups, their offensive line advantages if they're a quarterback or a running back, their wide receiver cornerback advantages, which we don't want to overrate, right? We don't want to not play DK Metcalf because he's playing James Bradbury. But we do want to just see how these guys match up, whether it is weight, size, speed, athletic ability against each other. And then that's just going to factor in just the analysis side and then the projection and all that stuff will factor in the rest. Ownership will also help. So if you want to Check all that out again. Link down below on my Patreon. But welcome, ladies, gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. I'm pumped. It's week 13. Uh, this is a week that in my, my main league, my main season long fantasy league, as probably many people can relate, I have to win. I've never missed the playoffs in this. I have to win. God damn, Christian McCaffrey has made my season very, very difficult, and he is on bye this week. So we're hoping to get him. We're hoping to get him back. Hopefully, all your season long leagues are going well. Hopefully, all of you that got the draft kit are in your in your best ball championships or getting there in your season long playoffs. Hopefully, you're all crushing it. I have no doubts that you are. Some of you probably aren't, but we are you going to do? You're coming down to this last week, maybe with a little bit of a sweat in your season-long league. As we get on in this and I smack you around, give you all the information you need to potentially win and probably win all them dollar ruskies in these contests this week. If you're playing the right contest, you're playing the millimaker Maker and you're just throwing entries in there. If you're doing it for fun, whatever. If you're doing it to try to try and actually win, you're going to lose all your money, right? You, you, if you're just playing the millimaker Maker, it's the worst possible contest you can play, but it's probably the reason that you're looking into this video. So love-hate relationship remains on for me in the millimaker Maker. Hit that like button, hit the big old subscribe button that pops up. I appreciate that a ton. And I'm going to give a little shout to the. The podcast. If you want to leave a five-star rating and review on Stitcher on an Android device or the Apple podcast app, if you're on an Apple device, The Sal Vetri Show, we're getting very close to 600 podcast reviewers and every single person that leaves a review will be entered into a chance to win a weekly $50 giveaway. Totally free to enter. Just leave a review. Takes about a minute of your time. Now this video is going to be sponsored by right before we get into the quarterbacks and discuss what is going to be kind of a wacky, maybe the first time this year, wacky quarterback slate where not a lot of guys grade out that well. You have some elite names on here, whether it's their matchup, whether it's their team totals, whether it's their game totals, their environment, not grading out that well from a projection standpoint as we usually have seen for these similar players. Before we get into all that, Jock Market is the sponsor of this Friday show as they have been every single Friday this year. And Jock Market, as it rhymes with stock market, is exactly that. It is a stock exchange, a stock market, if you will, for daily fantasy sports. And it is a ton of fun. I was a little bit bummed out where I couldn't play when I was in some other states, but now I'm back in my home state and I can actually play some Jock Market. You can play it for multiple sports. You can play it for the NBA when that returns. We had that for the playoffs, Jock Market. You play for PJ, and yes the nfl where their market opens at 8 a.m on sunday eastern time and closes at noon but that's not the only time you can trade those four hours is when you're bidding on players the whole idea here is you've been on a player like on ebay if you can think about it that way you get the shares of that player and if they score a lot of fantasy points or more than the competition and the guys around them bam they shoot up the leaderboards bam you get some return on investment some profit for buying shares buying stock of that player even if you miss that four hour window you can still live trade your players say that you see that somebody's actually getting a lot of targets just not converting maybe you say hey i'll pay a little bit extra for for this guy, if you want to sell him to me, and the guy's like, ah, oh, all right, if you're gonna just buy him for a little bit more, he's not doing anything, sure. And then bam, he hits on one of those deep targets. Or you see your player is not doing too well early on, they're not targeting him, but he's a big name player. Julio Jones, you say, you know what, I'll sell him for a little bit cheaper, I'll take a slight loss because I think he's not gonna have a great game. Bam, you just save a lot more loss on your investment. So either way, you can win there. They have a lot of promotions, and the one promotion that they're going to give you if you tune in through this channel is promo code sal 10, sal one zero. You get a free ten dollars upon depositing. So check all that out. Jock market link down below. The proud sponsor of the Friday show. So let's start this off with the quarterbacks. And like I said, the quarterbacks right now, like I have my projections up on the screen right here on the other screen. And if I factor by value, not a lot of people are popping off. Now, obviously, we have some very good quarterbacks on this slate, but it's looking a little bit dicey. You have the two biggest overall like team totals for some of these quarterbacks up here, the ones that we know a lot, right? The Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons. they have great team totals, 28 and a half, basically for both of them. But they're also both huge favorites. Aaron Rodgers, eight and a half point favorite, Russell Wilson, 10 point favorite. Now, more times than not, and historically, we want to look for closer spreads. So we can at least, if we're going to game stack and team stack, have a potential shootout. And as you go down, then you see Kyler Murray, who, yes, a very good quarterback, but in a very difficult matchup here, not even 23 implied points. Deshaun Watson just lost Will Fuller, doesn't have his basically three of his four starting receivers with Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb also out, only a 23 and a half implied total. Justin Herbert against New England, who they're usually very good at shutting down rookie quarterbacks, a 23 team total. So all these spots right now for these quarterbacks, they're not looking all that elite. If I actually factor by value, Mitch Trubisky and Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he even starts, we won't know until Sunday, are my two top value quarterbacks for a little bit of a peek behind the curtain on my Patreon projections. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not playing Mitch Trubisky and Ryan Fitzpatrick as my top two owned quarterbacks. It's just not going to happen. I do think Fitzpatrick actually looks pretty decent against Cincinnati this week if he gets a start, but that's a little bit of a a foggy information that we do not yet have. But I do think that we're actually going to have an edge to just play these good quarterbacks, like these good quarterbacks that have decent team totals if it's Rodgers or Wilson or a decent team total, 23 and a half is a slight underdog, historically a good spot to play Watson because most of them are coming in low-owned like Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Derek Carr are picking up ownership right now. Fine. I'll play the low-owned Kyler Murray. I'll play the low-owned Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. right? I'll play these low-owned MVP potential type candidates. And we could put up Aaron Rodgers' card on the screen right now. He's going to have a minus 17 pass blocking advantage this week. He does have the third overall ranked offensive line. So a powerhouse offensive line just going up against the number one overall pass rush on defense right now, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. Although they rank 25th in coverage, nobody, and we saw last week, nobody could stop DK Metcalf. He had, I think it was Peter Overs that said 83, percent Of the team's air yards for Seattle against Philadelphia last week in Seattle's victory, but the number one defensive line pressure at 35% is this Philadelphia Eagles team. Philadelphia also ranks top 10 in limiting the opponent's passing yards per game at just 210.7, which you're getting right now to Rodgers' 34.5 attempts per game. Last game, he only had to throw 29 times. They didn't have to throw all that much, especially in the fourth quarter. So expect on average more pass attempts here as an 8.5 point favorite, closer to 34 35. He's sixth in the NFL with 8.1 yards per attempt at this point, and he has thrown six. Sixty deep attempts this year. That is number two in the NFL. So a lot of upside in terms of being downfield upside, a lot of upside in terms of his completion percentage. Number one, true pass rating at 129.9. Number two in QBR, number eight in play action passing. So he's been very good. Obviously an MVP candidate right up there, probably neck and neck with Mahomes right now, slightly behind. So Rodgers, for me, you get a nice slight discount, right? You get a an almost $1,000 discount or close to $500 to $1,000 off of all these all these other quarterbacks above him, but you have all the stacking options. It used to be just Devontae Adams. Now it's Adams, Lazard, Tonyon, and MVS. In that order, are all of my groups with pretty decent runback options. Not great, right? Miles Sanders as a runback of Philadelphia as an eight and a half point underdog who they're seeing more and more Boston Scott in the passing game. That's not great, right? But you do have Dallas Goddard if Zacherts doesn't go to be the number one passing option more than likely. And you can take shots on cheaper options like Jalen Rieger. If you still want to go to Travis Fulgham, you can go there. It would probably be Dallas Goddard as my number one runback option in this game with a 48 implied team total. That is your main concern. The runbacks for this Packers game, they're kind of not condensed in this offense. It has been Dallas Scott at the last two to two and a half weeks. Will that remain if Zacherts does return? Big shrug emoji for you there. Let's break down Russell Wilson now. Who's going to have a positive six percent pass blocking advantage against the Giants as a seventy-seven hundred dollar quarterback? And look, they're ten point favorites where it looks like Colt McCoy is going to play. This would be the concern for Russell Wilson. Yeah, they might score thirty-five points, thirty-one points in this game. But if they're up seventeen to three at halftime, do they just take the air out of the ball? And Russell Wilson, very vintage Russell Wilson, like like he has been the last two weeks, only throwing sixty times in the last two weeks. That's thirty times per game. If he only throws. 28 to 30 times per game he's gonna have to be really efficient to hit you that 30 point overall winning gpp score 30 plus now the giants rank number 22 in overall coverage and 15th in pass rush their defensive line though their pressure rate is actually third at 33 percent so far Russ this year 35.7 attempts per game but like i said over the last month or so those attempts per game are actually dropping he's sixth in the nfl in deep attempts with 49 so far this year fifth in air yards, so he's chucking it deep a lot he has third most passing yards at this point is 8.2 yards per attempt is fifth and i currently have him projected for 20. 2.8 fantasy points. Russell Wilson is my highest projected quarterback this week, but it's kind of decimal like compared to three or four other quarterbacks. They're all within like a half a point, maybe even like 0.1, 0.2 points on my Patreon projections. So it's $7,700. Russell Wilson's in play for me. The issue with Russell Wilson, and I haven't crunched yet. I usually crunch on Sunday mornings, all my 150 lineups, my 20 max. Then I start to look at single entry and three max. The issue with him is going to be that his core, his wide receivers are expensive. DK is very expensive, right? AK range. And you have a expensive and fairly expensive Tyler Lockett. So to get to those two guys, it's a little bit difficult. And then you're runbacks yet again if Colt McCoy starts who do you feel comfortable with Evan Ingram has been good nine plus targets in four straight games So now it's Colt McCoy it's hard to trust Darius Slayton on the outside Sterling Shepard it's hard to trust as a a accurate guy who relies on a lot of volume maybe seven or eight receptions to really have a ceiling game with Colt McCoy in so another situation where the runback is tough and now in this specific situation for Russell Wilson this is why he's coming in low owned right now Russell Wilson is actually going to be coming in below 5% on right around 5% on in a lot of spots as of Friday morning recording because he's just so expensive to stack up next up is Kyler Murray who does seem like his shoulder injury is bothersome we're just gonna have to track it he's questionable for week 13 they say he's gonna play did not look like himself that last time out but maybe that was just more so the matchup they're gonna have a minus 21 pass blocking advantage this week although they have the fourth ranked overall offensive line the defensive line of the rams right now is ranked eighth in pressure rating sit fourth overall in their pass rush and sixth in coverage so this is just a really tough matchup like you're seeing one of the lower totals maybe the lowest we've seen all year for this Cardinals team since maybe week one at 22.75 against the rams that's the concern there his projection looks pretty similar around the 22 range 22 and a half to Russell Wilson at this point. And the Rams are also top three in limiting the opponent's passing yards to 203.5 per game. I didn't think there was going to be a week where I saw it. Friday morning, we see projections around two or 3% own Kyler Murray. So he's going to be something that I don't expect to get a lot of, but if I get eight, percent kyla murray stacks with with hopkins with andy isabella fitzgerald was to miss again doesn't seem like that'll be the case but we shall see with christian kirk right if i get eight percent i'm going to be two to three times the field on murray i'll get there he's not my favorite option out of the three that we talked about i would right now rank at rogers wilson and murray i actually went ahead and made deshaun watson a yes even though there's no will fuller which historically we've seen that's not a good thing for deshaun watson but this is just still a fine matchup for him when it comes to fantasy you know he still has his leg, legs rushing for 26.6 yards per game the fourth most on the slate he has a positive 38 percent pass blocking advantage as you can see on the slate against Indy's just average pass rush 14 overall his 33 attempts per game number one in the NFL in efficiency at 8.8 8 yards per attempt he still has Brandon Cooks out there he still has his two tight ends and Darren Fells and Atkins that he trusts a lot Kiki Kute is somebody that for about three or four years now about three years I believe that he's had some success within the NFL it comes down to how often and how good they can coach this game can Romeo Cornell actually go two tight end sets and actually eliminate the amount of Isaiah Coulter they have to throw out there onto the field against probably like Xavier Rhodes I hope so but at that price point it becomes really difficult difficult. difficult to trust him. And what would be your main stack? So it would be Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, and probably Jordan Atkins. Running it back on Indy with Michael Pittman makes the most sense for me. He's had 31 fantasy points in back-to-back games. He's number six in deep attempt accuracy. Will Fuller's going to hurt that now. Number seven in air yards, and he has 291 yards per game. Right now, if Watson does come in around 10 to 12 to 15% owned, that's going to be a little bit scary because we do know that Brandon Cooks is going to be very popular. Jordan Atkins is going to be very popular. Running it back with Michael Pittman probably saves you on some of the ownership of that stack and overall stacking it all up. If you have like a 12% on Deshaun Watson, that specific stack right there, that four or five man game stack is going to probably be like 1% owned or less than 1% owned. So that is a way to get away from all the play the chalk of Brandon Cooks, but still be able to get away from it uh, and still have a unique lineup. So Watson is also a yes for me. Now we start to get into some uh, sketchier situations like Herbert I had as a yes, I push him down to a maybe because the team total has dropped from him to around 23 and it keeps going down. His yards per game of 301 per game right now is, is the best on the slate. It's very good to see. And New England is not getting any pressure 27th overall, just a 26% pass, rush, uh, or pass rate. I do think that Herbert's going to probably become a yes for me just because he's a tier below in this Rodgers range uh, of the pricing this week and he has all the upside in the world he's throwing the most per game on the slate at 40.2 right ahead of Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz to be number one on the slate at this point you're seeing right now the seventh most attempts in the NFL and this is with him basically missing an entire game a game and a half to this point uh, after coming in for Tyrod Taylor to start the season off you see some upside as well three rushing touchdowns is good to see on the ground top 10 and true passer rating on the year and he has the fifth most fantasy points per game some other stats that you can see right here on the screen top eight and deep attempts so I'm actually going to go ahead and, and remake. Week. Justin Herbert a yes we changed Herbert from a yes to a maybe just because of the price point here and you have the clear stacking options Herbert is probably the only quarterback on the week that I'm okay to stack his running back with because of the correlation that is going to be there 16 targets last week but just in general even if that didn't happen Austin Eckler usually gets there like a McCaffrey I would be fine stacking with the quarterback like an Alvin Kamara when it's Drew Brees and not Taysom Hill you know you get the correlation of a lot of passing game usage almost half of their fantasy points come in the passing game which is going to be tied to their quarterback passing touchdown upside so uh, Austin Eckler Keenan Allen well I wouldn't rank Austin Eckler as the first stacking option Option, I would still be going to Keenan Allen, probably Mike Williams, Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler, then like a 3A, 3B option. And then some other interesting options here, Mitchell Trubisky. Look, Mitchell Trubisky, he has played this Detroit team before, and every time he plays them, he's had 20 plus fantasy points in his career. He had 24 fantasy points earlier this year, his best performance. I do think that Mitch Trubisky is actually an interesting option, a negative 10% pass blocking advantage. You would stack him up with Allen Robinson and then just pray that Anthony Miller or Darnell Mooney at a very cheap price point, if you wanted to go to full on game stack, get you there. The run back options are going to be difficult, right? It's out of the concussion code protocol, but not practicing and not feeling himself. He said "The Andre Swift or Adrian Peterson actually said that about the Andre Swift. Kenny Galladay still nowhere to be found. If he doesn't practice on Friday, he's likely to be out again. So then it probably comes down to TJ Hawkinson and those stacks just don't give me the most confidence, right? I would probably single stack Trubisky with Robinson, if anything, run it back with Hawkinson and go from there. Uh, He's just a cheap quarterback that look, if he actually comes in 10% on, it's going to be a full fade. He would be a nice option if he was two, 3% on and he got like five or 6% of him. If you actually are going to have to be playing double digit percentage of Mitchell Trubisky, I do think he has a ceiling in the thirties. I really do. I mean, he was very close to it last game in, in really just a quarter. He had three touchdowns against the Lions in a fourth quarter comeback, but it's not something I really want to be playing around with all that much. The pressure rate for Detroit has actually been improving sixth overall in the NFL at 32%. Some other options here, Kirk Cousins, I think will probably end up being one of the lower owned options. That's a pivot off of his chalky running back in Dalvin Cook. That does have some upside. We'll see. And it seems like Adam Thielen might return. Justin Jefferson is still out there. A huge pass blocking advantage against Jacksonville, 30%. Jacksonville's pass rush ranks 30th at 27% pressure rate and 29th in coverage. This is a bad team, no matter where you're looking. And now you're going to be getting... Kirk Cousins coming in here as a huge favorite is the concern, right? So it just screams that Dalvin Cook game. That's why everybody's going to be on him. But if you wanted to, wanted to see a troll play of the day, I was on the Splash Play podcast yesterday. You can check that out. Uh, I can link it down below with Peter Overzet and Chris Baggs. This is basically what I said is like a troll play of the day. Everybody's going to want to be playing Dalvin Cook, and then this team goes off for a Kirk Cousins three and two yard, two to three touchdown game, and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen get there. I don't think that really does happen. I probably have sprinkles of it. So yeah, I think my ownership is really going to be uh, balanced out this week. I usually like to get two guys. If you listen to my Sunday Closing Thoughts podcast. I usually like to get two guys that come in somewhere around like 50%, like they combine for 50% of my ownership, 30% and 20% of a guy, and then we fell out the rest. So I can be really leveraged on two spots. I'm not sure if that's going to happen this week. It might honestly be a lot of like 15% on guys from Rogers to Watson to Herbert to Wilson and Murray, a little bit of like these other guys that are maybes like Kirk Cousins, Strabisky and things like that. It'll be interesting to see. Normally I've been getting a lot of Watson and Herbert and Rogers. We'll see if that continues this week or if the team totals and just the spreads and overall projections limit that a decent amount. Let's now move over to the Running back position. So as we move over to the running back position, it's going to be a week where there's going to be a lot of guys that come in with high, high ownership this week, and it's potentially a spot to just start to pivot away from some of these guys. So I'll pull up the running back projections on my other screen right here. So we can start off with Davin Cook. So look, Davin Cook's going to be owned. He'll probably be honestly maybe not even the highest owned running back. It seems like David Montgomery is picking up a lot of steam early on in the week for a good reason, at least as of his performance last week. But as he gets more ownership, he becomes a worse play. Coming into week thirteen, he's now banged up with a ankle injury. He's heard all over the place. They're saying ninety five hundred dollars price point doesn't change after busting last week. I do prefer Dalvin Cook to Derrick Henry at this point. I do think that they're both going to be picking up ownership around probably 20% by the end of the week. So if they're going to both be picking up ownership, if Cook kind of slides in at 20% owned, if derrick Henry slides in at 18 or 20%, if they're at similar price points, similar ownership, I'll just take Dalvin Cook at that point, continue to ride the passing game usage. Both these guys usually especially as a 10 and a half point favorite for Cook, five and a half point favorite for Henry, both of them usually going to be seeing around 25 plus touches. Jacksonville allows the 29th most so bottom three in the NFL or bottom four rushing yards per game. Jacksonville is allowing 136.2 rushing yards per game. That should just scream bells and whistles for Dalvin Cook, full steam ahead more times than not here. And they rank 15th in tackling. Now Dalvin Cook is averaging 5.6 yards per attempt. That's 10th in the NFL. He is second in yards created, I believe only behind Derrick Henry at 511. And he has 75 evaded tackles even after having a bye week, which most teams have, except the teams like Carolina playing this week, the Panthers, and then also missing a game and a half with injury. He's still first in the NFL in evaded tackles, second in overall yards created. He's done a lot of stuff in the passing game as well, 225 receiving yards. Yards and 8.8 yards per reception. So Dalvin Cook, fantastic, 10.5 point favorite. Everything screams out with the highest total on the slate, 30.75. They'll probably be playing Dalvin Cook here. I'm not going to run away from his ownership because it's not 35% like it was last week. I think it might not even come in at 25%, maybe right around there this week. That's fine to end up playing. I do think that somebody's ownership that's going to continue to rise as the week goes on. is probably going to be Austin Eckler and it's still not high enough for me. I, right now I have it around 20%. That's not high enough. If it hits 30%, I'll start to think about fading it, but I do think I'm going to get a lot of Austin Eckler. Last week at his dirt cheap price point of 6 6100. I had 35%, and then after tinkering a little bit right before the game started, I got to 51% Eckler, and that was fine because he went for over 22 fantasy points. He almost had 100 yards receiving. He had 16 targets, and he had 14 carries, so 30 overall opportunities. Now he gets New England, where it's basically a pick 'em, right? Even game, plus one underdogs, whatever it might be. And if we do think that New England maybe takes away, I don't think they're going to take away Austin Eckler. It's much harder to take away a pass-catching running back. You have to really de- devote a lot to that. Linebackers that are nowhere near as skilled, but it's easier to take away a wide receiver like Keenan Elm, the way that you can scheme it, scheme some stuff over over top scheme some stuff just in terms of if he's running crossing routes take that away from him so if they do take away this keenan allen from herbert who's been relying on him for like 10 plus targets every single game except when he got hurt it might be another austin eckler 12 to 14 target game 15 carry game again on the ground and let's not be twisted here 30 opportunities and he had five red zone touches this man is going to score touchdowns so i like austin eckler a lot now it's a negative run blocking advantage but the run defense right now is not that great 24th overall for the patriots they're just good at tackling third overall patriots allow 123 rushing yards per game that's bottom 10 in the nfl the first game back the exact stats 14 carries for 44 yards for Eckler 11 receptions on 16 targets for 85 yards again smaller sample but an 18 target share is fourth in the NFL amongst all running backs. he's seeing 6.6 targets per game for running backs, which is heavily skewed from his last performance but that by far leads the slate as well 5.6 receptions per game and he's 1.97 yards per route runs fifth in the NFL so not only is he actually seeing these targets and receptions he's been very efficient on his routes run numbers he's been targeted at a very high clip 17.2 fantasy points per game is very good to see. Now, if the ownership keeps getting higher, this might be, I could run back my take a little bit, but at 20%, I love it. Austin Eckler might be my favorite play in the slate at the running back position, even factoring in that ownership. As we go down a little bit more now, we're going to have to track Jonathan Taylor and if he's active this week. Naeem Himes is currently going to be a yes for me just because he's a cheap option at 5,300. He's a nice pivot, I would say, off of David Montgomery, who I'll kind of bury the lead a little bit. David Montgomery is coming in maybe to be 30% on this week, maybe to be the highest owned running back. And I get why he had the big performance last week. He had five receptions, but a lot of his yardage yet again came on a 50 50- seven yard run where he couldn't score on and couldn't break away from against a very bad defense. Now he's facing another bad defense in the Detroit Lions that is slowly getting a little bit better though. They're not as bad as the Packers in terms of run defense on the ground. And David Montgomery's at 5,500 and everybody's jumping on him. Well, if people are going to jump on him at 30% owned and going to leave Naeem Himes a third of the ownership, I'll go to Naeem Himes here, especially in a much better matchup against Houston, especially if you're going to see no Jonathan Taylor still. Like Naeem Himes in that last game saw 20 opportunities. Philip Rivers was definitely easily and willing to check it down to him. And this is a close total game, 27 seven implied team total, three and a half point favorites. Right now, Naeem Himes is top five on the slate with 0.905 fantasy points per touch. So Naeem Himes right now, number five in running back targets on the year. He's number six right behind Eckler in yards per route run for running backs at 1.89. Expect around 14 plus touches for him if Jonathan Taylor misses. Otherwise, if Jonathan Taylor is out, we're going to walk back this take and expect maybe eight to 12 touches where Taylor will see a lot of the workload. Jordan Wilkins, who should be healthier from a shoulder injury, should see some more of the workload as well. So Naeem Himes I'll end up going to, but only, only, only if we're going to end up seeing no Jonathan Taylor there, I'll have more interest. Next up is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to be a fantastic tournament play this week. Like fantastic with a capital F. Aaron Jones is probably going to come in around eight to 12% on. We can just call it 10% on this week. He's going to have a positive four run blocking advantage, although their pass rush is very good. Run defense, not that great. 17th overall, and they're only 29th in tackling. They're allowing a bottom eight yards per game to the opponent's running max at 128 per game. This is a very good spot and shapes up well for an eight and a half point favorite in Aaron Jones this year, who's averaging 19.4 opportunities per game. Who's averaging five targets per game. Everybody's going to jump up and down and say, but Sal, both him and Jamal Williams saw 17 targets apiece. There's a fifth. split last week. People have been saying this for two to three years now. Jamal Williams is a good running back. If you actually watch the game, Jamal Williams got like six carries on the final drive. So it was like a 17 to 11 split. And they said, okay, this game's over. It's garbage time. Jamal Williams just go in, uh, run out the clock. And he ended up getting in the end zone because he was just running out the clock against the Bears defense that wasn't trying because they knew they already lost the game. So I like Jamal Williams. I think he's a good running back, but Aaron Jones is going to be the guy to get 15 plus touches, probably closer to 20 opportunities in this game, including his targets. Aaron Jones is somebody that I like a lot this week and a very good opportunity. He has eight goal line carries. That's top eight in the end NFL. Right now, he's averaging around 5.5 yards per touch. That's borderline top 10 in the NFL, and he's averaging 18.6 fantasy points per game as top five in terms of running backs in the NFL. Aaron Jones at lower ownership in this one at a fair price point of $7,200. Like if you wanted to get away from Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, I think playing Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones is a fantastic way to do that in GPPs. We keep going here. and We keep a very close eye on the injury report in this matchup as a 10-point favorite Chris Carson, who came back and looked good, right? Eight carries averaged over five yards per carry last week, ended up having a touchdown, who looked good. He's questionable for week 13 with a foot we expect him to play but carlos Hyde's his teammate has not practiced yet if carlos Hyde is not playing this game oh get some chris carson now the giants run defense is good but he's too cheap at 6300 the offensive line also in the run blocking department for seattle is also very good as well it's going to be a positive 20 percent run blocking advantage with chris carson running behind the sixth overall offensive line now if i look at my projections on patreon you you check them out down below to follow along chris carson is going to be a c plus in cash and a b minus in gpps now if there's no Carlos Hyde, he probably becomes a b in both or even a b plus in gpps i have him for 13 and a half fantasy points right now but it will be projecting out for closer to 1616 16 plus at this cheap price point if Carlos Hyde was to be ruled out you're getting 4.8 yards per carry right now that is seventh in the nfl and his 17 fantasy points per game is sixth in the nfl he's been very efficient on a fantasy points per touch basis at 0.968 0.968 is actually going to come in higher on the slate than deandre swift then nick chubb then naeem himes and dalvin cook and eckler all these guys the only guy that's higher right now than chris carson on a fantasy points per touch basis how efficient you are every single time you touch the ball is actually alvin Kamara. if that surprises you so chris carson is going to be a full steam ahead, yes, for me, if indeed there's not going to be Carlos Hyde. So now we get to our final yes, and it will be Josh Jacobs, who is battling an injury. So keep a very close eye on this. There is a chance that he can miss this game. Right after the game, they said that it could potentially John Gruden said be concerning. It's a minus six run blocking advantage for Jacobs, who does project out nicely because look, he's a 10 or an eight and a half point favorite against the Jets in a situation where his team has a 27 and a half implied total. He's seeing 19 opportunities per game on the ground rushing. That's number three in the NFL. Ed in his three tackles and his 22 opportunities per game right now is basically top four on the slate up there with Dalvin Cook, up there with James Robinson and Derrick Henry. He's number three behind only Henry and Cook in evaded tackles, number six in yards created. And here's the big thing. This is why it's brutal for him he's running behind out of all the running backs in the league when they run he is number 68 in terms of his run blocking efficiency when he is running there's just no rushing lanes open but he's getting so much opportunity now against a bad defense where it can't actually pay off for him so josh jacobs is going to be a yes if he plays though if he doesn't play yes we're going to have a lot of interest in a very cheap Devonte booker this week some other maybes for you are going to be james robinson who is going to get a lot of volume but again james robinson we like the volume that he gets these 25 touches but if he's going to get 25 touches as a big underdog here not a lot of them might actually get you to a 100 yard bonus or these red zone goal line touches in a assist- Situation like against Minnesota, it is a good matchup for him. If he comes in lower owned, I'll end up getting to James Robinson more. But right now he's pushing twenty percent ownership, so as a big underdog, it's an easy pivot away for me. David Montgomery is just an active fade. He's a he's an active fade on my part. Look, his price point is nice at fifty five hundred dollars, but depending on how you build your lineups you might not need it. If you just avoid Dalvin Cook and derrick Henry, you don't need it. If you want to just pivot over to a Naeem Himes or pivot over to a Wayne Gallman or a Miles Gaskin, if he's indeed healthy, you don't need to play the thirty percent on David Montgomery when you could play the twelve percent on Miles Gaskin, the ten percent on Naeem Himes. David Montgomery had one good week last week. Outside of that, none of his other performances win you probably a GPP. So I'll probably just leverage off of the fact that everybody off of one good week is going to jump on David Montgomery because he scored 25 fantasy points, even though every other week he's basically averaging like 12 to 14 fantasy points for you. And I'll say, okay, if he scores 16 this week, it doesn't crush those people that play him, but it doesn't crush me for not playing him. And now I can try and get a guy who's going to score 20 plus and win a GPP. Miles Sanders is not picking up any ownership. So he might become a yes for me or that one dude this week. Now he's a big underdog. The passing game usage is getting slipped away to Boston Scott, which is a concern. And I'll, pull up some of miles sanders uh card right now some of the stats he's projecting out decently but i probably only want him in run back options huge run blocking advantage here though Packers ranked 28th in tackling 12th in run defense but this situation the situation is just losing for him now he has a 75 percent opportunity share but that's slowly slipping slipping away 13 and a half attempts per game right now is 5.7 yards per touch is good to see so miles sanders could be your low owned upside play i prefer aaron jones this week miles gaskin if healthy if he's full steam ahead and a go if they only have three running backs active on sunday and not four he'll move to be a yes for me derrick henry i prefer dalvin cook too if you want to play derrick henry can't argue with you 30 implied total is a five and a half point favorite and he's leading the slate with opportunities per game and red zone touches at 50 really can't argue with you and then frank Gore, if you really wanted to punt the position i'm not going to be doing it But frank Gore right now is a positive 20 percent run blocking advantage against the second worst run blocking defense in the league in vegas and in his last two starts as a starter since the rookie p ryan got hurt out of florida 38 touches for 157 yards and a touchdown not great but he does have five receptions as well during that time wild usage for frank Gore. like you might be getting 16 opportunities in this game 50 overall f- yards which is not great but then is he touchdown upside or not i'm probably not playing much frank or maybe i'll get a couple like six to eight percent but that's somebody on cheap And if you just wanted to punt the position i think i'd rather punt wide receiver and tight end we get over to the wide receiver position now where i see Devonte adams up here and he's a yes every single week for me and i do think Devonte adams will be in the millie maker winning lineup this week if you ask me one player who will be in the win- will- millie maker winning lineup i would say Devonte adams look it's not even just about what dk Metcalf did to slay last week Darius slay i don't think Darius slay is that great in general like he's not a bad cornerback but he's not an elite cornerback he's not the name he was three years ago. He's on the downturn of his career. That's basically what happens when a cornerback goes to a different team almost every single time, right? Stefan Gilmore and Richard Sherman are like the few exceptions to that rule. Now Slay, again, not a bad cornerback, but Devonta Adams caliber is up there with DK Metcalf. They're different receivers, of course, more technical for Devonta Adams and just an absolute beast downfield and size speed athlete for DK Metcalf. But I like Devonta Adams here to be in the million maker winning lineup, which means that I'm going to like Aaron Rodgers because of that. If I get a lot of Devonta Adams, so Adams at $9,000 definitely in play for me in this situation. And then you get all these guys up top that I don't really have to talk too much much about. DK Metcalf, sure, he's expensive against the Giants. James Bradbury, I'm not worried about it all that much either. But now we get to Allen Robinson, who at $6,700 is arguably the best play in the entire slate at wide receiver position when you factor in the ownership, right? So the ownership's probably going to come in at 24%, but it's not going to be as high as Brandon Cook's 30 plus percent. Allen Robinson likely to see Amani in this one. Amani has just been absolutely terrible. It's going to be a positive 10% matchup. Allen Robinson's on the right side of the field 30% of the time, in the slot 30% of the time, 35% of the time on the left side of the field. So he'll never have like a one-on-one specific matchup. He'll see all this cornerback. Like the rookie Akuda on one side of the field, he'll see Justin Coleman in the slot, the Lions slot cornerback. All these guys not good right now. Allen Robinson is number three overall in the NFL in routes run. He's number three in total targets, and he has a 25% target share, which is good to see. He's top ten in air yards. Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles are both throwing to this man this year. 16.7 fantasy points per game. I like Allen Robinson a lot. If I was to play cash, which I don't, I'd be trying to get Allen Robinson in there for his fair price point. Now, somebody that nobody just wants to play, somebody that everybody keeps disrespecting to this point, is going to be Julio Jones. We just have to track his status right now i have julio jones coming in around five percent owned and he is arguably going to be our that one dude this week we'll see as the video comes out on saturday morning also like and subscribe if you're still watching i appreciate that but julio he's gonna be questionable with this hamstring injury keep a close eye on it he did miss week 12 he'll likely see patrick robinson He's going to have a positive 50% matchup if he actually goes, a 19% target share this year. In his healthy games, his least, his worst performance, when he leaves, starts a game healthy and leaves it, 16.5 fantasy points. So everybody's throwing dirt on this man's name when he's been playing banged up, but the games that he actually plays the entire game, worst performance is 16.5 fantasy points. If you take out all the games where he gets hurt, he's averaging 20 plus fantasy points per game. He's number three in yards per target. He's number three in yards per outrun. These are all efficiency metrics. Julio Jones at 5% ownership, if that's where he comes in and he's definitely healthy, we see him practice or get off the injury report on Friday, he's going to be a full. On yes for me, Kenny Galladay obviously yes. I just don't think he's going to play. Continues to miss practice. I believe with his hip, this groin injury, he has not yet stepped on a fat practice field in like a month now. Even if he gets a limited one in on Friday, it seems doubtful that he's going to play. If he does somehow play, I like him. He's too cheap, probably by about five or six hundred dollars. Brandon Cook is going to have a huge matchup advantage. Getting away from Brandon Cook is very easy because there's so many other wide receiver options. But his price tag, he is my number one value receiver on Patreon. I have him projected for 18 and a half fantasy points at fifty six hundred. He becomes a B plus in cash, a B plus in GPPs. The ownership is going to be there so you have to get different elsewhere. I'll probably avoid it in a lot of spots, but I assume at the end of the day, I'm going to get a lot of Brandon Cooks unless I actively get away from it, which probably means I'm going to get a lot of Deshaun Watson because of that. He'll have a positive 44% matchup when he faces Yah Singh, who allows over two yards per cover route. He sees a 22% target share this year on seven per game. And this one, I'm going to project him to see closer to eight to nine targets per game because he does run 100% of the routes and now there's no Will Fuller out there. He plays 27% of his snaps out of the slot and he has 10 plus fantasy points in every single game since week three. So the floor is very safe on Brandon Cooks. Now, A lot of people are going to overestimate him, make him the wide receiver one, make him a 40% target share guy. No, he'll probably see one or two more targets. The guy who sees the biggest bump is Isaiah Coulter on this team, who is a rookie out of Rhode Island, who barely broke a thousand receiving yards in his final year there, who is not that great, who probably sees Xavier Rhodes in this matchup. So I don't like that a lot. I still prefer Brandon Cooks if choosing a receiver here with upside, because he's going to see a lot of usage, eight to nine targets, probably more times than not on average in this game, but he is going to pick up ownership. The ownership is going to be there. Do what you got to do to get different elsewhere. If you want to play him, it's fine. I don't really have a strong stance on fading or playing Brandon Cooks this week. Alan Lazard, I do have as a yes, because I mentioned how much I like Devontae Adams. I mentioned that this week I'm probably going to have Aaron Rodgers as like a top three owned quarterback. And then if I want to be full on game stacking it, which I like to do, Alan Lazard would slot next into that. Alan Lazard saw a 22% target share last week from Aaron Rodgers. Six targets, caught a touchdown. He's basically had a good game in every single fully healthy game. His first week back, he had his training wheels on. He was limited. So in the four healthy games that he's played this year, he's seen good performances. Now you just need that upside out of him to see these targets. If Rodgers throws a little bit more this week, because he threw six times less than he normally does if you get 35 passing times out of Rodgers you're looking at closer to seven or eight targets for Alan Lazard a man who downfield right now is seeing some upside 59 yards per game 1.82 fantasy points per target right now is third in the NFL it's pretty much right next to the Adam Thielen's the Justin Jefferson's of the world that's how efficient he's been on a per target basis and now we get to every single one of these Jets wide receivers and you might think I'm trolling you right now as you can look on the screen because all the Jets wide receivers are going to be yeses for me all three of them that is so if we just go to them right now Crowder is a guy who's been historically good right and if not great with Sam Donald. He's been his guy. Now one week returns and it's Mim's impairment still seeing the errors, still seeing the usage in a game where they trail by a lot. And Crowder has a bad game in his return with Sam Donald. But long-term, if we're talking about the past 16 games together, it's Crowder who has a ton of upside. It's Crowder who Sam Darnold looks at in times of need. Third downs, moving the chains. A 17% matchup advantage against Marcus Joyner, who allows a 71% catch rate this year. Crowder is still seeing eight targets per game, and he's running 100% of the route participation this year. Five targets in week 12 when he returned with Sam Darnold. I do like Crowder this week. I do think that Crowder is going to be a sneakier option this week, as a lot of people jump on, and rightfully so, the cheap and upside versions of Perriman, the cheap and upside versions of Benzel Mims. Those guys. Guys will probably be coming in closer to like five to ten percent, maybe even pushing ten percent, like Denzel Mims. Where I think Crowder ends up being a little bit lower on than he should be right now. I have Crowder coming in lower on than both of those guys, but I think they're all in play. I think that you probably choose one of them. I'm not stacking up Sam Darnold with a 19 implied total as eight and a half point underdogs, but Crowder seems interesting at 5100 as a nice leverage play. Mims is still fine. These guys are not chalky. Mims will see a positive six percent matchup. Pearman a positive eight percent matchup. Three straight 100 plus air yard games for both Mims and Pearman. Pearman actually has three straight of 110 yards. You you can see all these jets receiver stats on the screen in his first game with Darnold, perriman actually went out there and had four catches on eight targets for 79 yards he has seven or more targets in two of his last three games one with flacco two with flacco actually and one now with Darnold. and mims was seeing all this usage with flacco back-to-back games of 100 plus errors and eight targets what would be the result with Darnold? The same exact thing another game three straight exactly with eight targets and another game with 100 plus air yards catches four of eight targets for 67 yards if i had to rank it right now i would probably be going uh, that i want to get to in this order crowder mims impairment now they're all very close for me i actually just only want to get to crowder because the ownership seems to be lower if you needed to get it based on a value standpoint well then i would obviously go mims pyramid and crowder to save some money and then my final yes is actually going to be michael Pittman, who michael Pittman has been very involved in this offense recently i mean you're getting michael Pittman coming off of a game where he sees nine targets the game before that he has a a little bit of a dud but he ends up finding the end zone after a big first half usage three catches 60 plus yards and a touchdown against the packers now he'll have 35 pound advantage against crossing the quarterback that'll face in this matchup he's been seeing five targets per game but again recently a lot more 36 plus routes run in three of his last four games lots of opportunities for him to just get involved if you're running that many routes and over the last four weeks he has 27 targets very good to see in 16 receptions so give me some michael Pittman. he's a nice run back if you end up playing a good amount of the houston stacks he's a very nice play as well over on Superdraft, another sponsor that we usually have. If you want to use my name, S-A-L, Superdraft will give you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollars in multiplier format. Pittman looks pretty decent over there as well. And then we have a lot of other players that are going to get into my stacks per usual. If you're somebody who tunes into the show from just stacking, from just cheap options, right? We're going to have Hopkins with our Murray stacks. Devontae Parker, I'm going to make a yes. If we get news Saturday morning or Sunday morning, they're going to do it with our ryan fitzpatrick being the st- starter there at 6400 Devontae parker still remains too cheap dean allen's going to be in play and that's mainly justin herbert stacks for me tyler lockett in some of these stacks right adam thielen is a one-off in stacks i do like calvin ridley but if julio jones returns so if julio jones is active i prefer julio jones at the price point to ridley if julio jones is out Ridley becomes a yes it's as simple as that justin jefferson is in here if you want to get any stacks jarvis landry is an interesting option an interesting person to talk about because there was a month of bad weather plus a bye week for cleveland then that kind of goes all past and jarvis landry comes out with the over 100 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets last week, and basically what was the first real full game with good weather without OBJ. Now he'll have a positive 11% matchup against Desmond King, who's been banged up this year and allows a 71% catch rate. He's seen over six targets per game and a 24% target share so far this year. Landry, and again, week 11, had three red zone targets, was the wide receiver three with 28 fantasy points on a buck 43 in the yardage department, a touchdown and eight overall receptions on 11 targets. He was in the 5K range for the past couple of weeks, but now he's 6,200. This is a fair price point at this point for Jarvis Landry. It's not something that I'm jumping up and down for, but I'll also remind you that this is still the wide receiver one on this team in a very good matchup against Tennessee's secondary, who's seeing a lot of usage, with a team total of twenty four as underdog, so you expect more passing yards and, and passing attempts out of Baker, and he's only coming in at like three or four percent home. So Jarvis Landry again in play for me and becoming more and more of a priority as the ownership spikes up. Both of the Rams receivers are down here. I don't really prefer one over the other. If you force me to pick one, I would pick Cooper Cup. I'm not really getting much of that game. It could be a sneaky stack with the Rams. I just I just don't really see the upside ever with Jim Jared Goff, it seems to be limited these days. MVS is in my snatches for the Packers. Kiki Kute, I was expecting more people to go to Kiki Kute. It doesn't seem like he's going to be over-owned this week, which is nice to see because I don't think his role changes all that much, right? Especially if they go two wide receiver sets, he might actually go on the field less. So Kiki Kute, tread lightly with him. Uh, He's probably gonna be like 5% owned. I don't have much interest there. Using between some of these cheap wide receivers, right? Kute's down here, Darnell Mooney and also Anthony Miller. If you wanted to stack up the Bears fully, these are two interesting options. It's difficult to really uh, like one or the other with uh, Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball. I'd probably prefer Miller there, who has more time with Mitch Trubisky, who's not going to be running as many deep routes, which Trubisky does struggle to connect on. And then that's about it at this position. So let's finish it up now with the tight end position, which is going to be pretty easy to discuss this week. And as we are here now on the tight end screen, please do hit that like and subscribe. I appreciate that a ton. And check out my Patreon. It's linked down below if you want to support me over there. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore veteran underscore. A lot of the tools that I use, I actually have up on the screen right now assisting me for this video. My projections, rankings, ownership, super draft projections, value ratings, my 20 pages of game by game notes, ownership projections. A lot of stuff is up on the screen. If you want to get that and even more, a Sunday Closing thoughts podcast where we give you all the information. If you're watching to this point, you're probably dedicated a dedicated DFS person. You're probably dedicated to my brand, at least, or maybe you're just finding me. If you're watching to this point, you're going to get a huge, huge leg up on the competition. All those people that exited out of the video already, all those people that will never see the video because they're not savvy enough to find this type of a video or spend the time to do it. You can check it out. Link down below to follow along on Patreon if you want to in the description to get access to all them tools that are going to gear you up going to war, fighting and killing. Well, I guess maybe not killing, but destroying your opponent uh, in the DFS Daily Fantasy Street. So getting into the tight ends now, Darren is just like almost an automatic yes because of his ceiling. Lately, he hasn't been good. I'll be honest with you. Lately, he hasn't been good. He just caught like all seven of his targets two weeks ago. But other than that, you're like fighting for him to barely get to three receptions, right? 27% target share though, and 8.3 targets per game is still number one in the NFL. He's number one for red zone targets for tight ends in the NFL, number six in air yards. And he has seven plus targets in back-to-back games in three of his last four. And he's a number two tight end in yards after the catch. It's just hard to ignore the only tight end on the slate that has actually over seven and a half targets per game and the area share that he has at 22 and a half next up is dallas goddard who they're saying that Zach Ertz could return this week i don't think he's gonna be a full go i don't think that he's been that great anyways and you're seeing a very nice dallas goddard lately so Ertz is questionable with an ankle goddard has seen a 15 and a half percent target share and a 29 percent red zone target share that's where all the upside has been coming for dallas goddard right now six deep attempts is also nice to see at this point you're getting 12 fantasy points per game which is sixth overall in the nfl and 18 plus fantasy points in back-to-back weeks because that red zone target share at the tight end position is actually resulting in touchdowns week 12 seven catches, 75 yards in a touchdown for him. Dallas Goddard remains a yes for me. Now my final yes is going to be in these Packers stacks. Robert Tonyan, who's been coming on the last couple weeks. It's very nice to see what Mr. Bobby Tonyan can do. So Robert Tonyan right now, he'll have a matchup against Jalen Mills. It's a fine matchup. He's seen a 13% target share this year. He's number four overall in tight end deep attempts. He is used downfield quite often, and there's probably been two other chances this year where he could add touchdowns and either got caught or the ball was thrown a little bit behind him and he had to come back to the ball. Seven total touchdowns is second amongst tight ends. You're seeing a lot of good things. In week 12, he has now back-to-back Weeks of catching all five of his targets, five catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. He's number one in fantasy points per target amongst tight ends because of those touchdowns primarily, but 2.97, very efficient. He's number one in tight end separation at 2.75 yards of separation per target, depending on the metric that you look at, that's at the point of reception, or 4.5 yards per separation per route run. He's been very good this year, Robert Tonian, at getting open. Now at 3700 if you wanted to play the expensive or slightly expensive Rogers with the expensive Adams, a cheaper way to do that rather than going to Lazard, who's also affordable. 5k is to go to $3,700 Robert Tonya. Now a guy that I like a lot is Jordan Atkins. The concern though is that he's going to be one of the highest owned as of right now tight ends. He's very cheap. We expect Jordan Atkins who had a bad week on Thanksgiving after coming off of a monster week that could have been even bigger if Deshaun Watson did not underthrow him or overthrow him on a route where he tripped. Atkins is looking like he might be getting more action in two tight end sets. The concern for me though is that the ownership on Atkins might actually mitigate it. Now you're seeing a 12% target share on three and a half targets per game. He had low and bad usage on Thanksgiving. He saw two targets, one red zone target, didn't bring, any of them should have had the red zone touchdown. I think he actually dropped it or was slightly overthrown as well, but he did run 17 routes, which was good to see. To be 15% owned at this price point is difficult. Now, obviously he's very cheap. If he has a four catch 60 yard game, that's getting you there at 10 fantasy points at this price point. So I still have interest in him. He's a borderline yes for me. If that ownership stays at 15%, I'm kind of, I can go either way on it. It's kind of like a yes or maybe either way. If it goes closer to 20%, I don't want it. If it dips to like 12%, then it's a yes for me because he's cheap enough. Mike Gusecki is picking up ownership. He'll probably become a no for me unless Ryan Fitzpatrick starts here and then there's just some other guys that are going to factor it out you're going to get Hunter Henry at lower ownership in your Herbert stacks against the Patriots I think that's a fine option especially if they take away Keenan Allen in the middle of the field Aiden Hurst who's had a couple of bad weeks I like to get back to because of that people might not go to him Austin Hooper who relied on a touchdown last week and has not seen all that much volume in the last two or three games some of them being bad weather his ownership is now going to be lower so I'm okay to get there but yeah basically the higher owned guys this week like the guys that are picking up a lot of ownership are Atkins, Gusecki, Waller will normally pick that up so maybe we stay away from Gusecki especially if there's no Fitzpatrick we can maybe play Atkins if we really want to punt it or we can go to his teammate Darren Fells who sees 2.8 targets per game to Atkins 3.5 Fells who's just as active in the red zone as well saw no usage as well in week 13 though so that's concerning but neither did Atkins it was mainly a wide receiver game he's seen three total targets in the last three games that is a concern though so probably not somewhere that I want to get to although they will have a positive 33% matchup against Walker who allows a 78% catch rate Atkins does look like a good play this week for $200 less Fells who's not has much upside does have a similar floor to Atkins of like 8 to 12 fantasy points could be a nice leverage directly off of him so that's where we're at right now at the week 13 closing dot show over we'll that one dude video on saturday sunday live stream on youtube at 10 a.m east coast time and also sunday morning normally around 7 or 8 a.m our closing thoughts podcast sign up for patreon down below and support the sponsor of the show jock market daily fantasy sports becomes a stock exchange using the promo code sal 10 that is sal 10 they will give you free money bonus ten dollars once you sign up so check it out free money down below download the app jock market android and the apple store today using that promo code gets you the bonus thank you everybody i'll see you in the next one which is going to be the saturday that one dude video unless you're watching this on saturday sunday live stream peace out gang and enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend